On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, we are going to chat about the mob in real life versus the mob in Hollywood. Is it difficult to separate the two? Seems to be for me. How about for you? We're going to chat about that. Kate Smith, racist lyrics, maybe racist lyrics. When is, should there be some sort of time that passes that someone no longer gets held to the same standards that we hold today? It seems a little unfair, doesn't it? That a hundred years later, we're telling people that things they said once upon a time that may be out of context today are no longer allowed. We're going to chat about fake meat. We're going to chat about Vladimir Guerrero. We're going to chat about the bombings in Sri Lanka and Mike Fortune's hair. Stick around. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. I was pretty sure Elvis was going to be suitable for radio, but you know, you never can tell for absolutely certain. Let me bring in my guest, Brightest Conversation on Hamilton Radio, a man who is well acquainted with the musical charms of Elvis Presley, a guy who, you know, has has imitated the king a few times in his day, for real. Mike Fortune from Cable 14, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me again, Scott. You've never heard Bossa Nova? I have heard the song. I mean, I I have heard the song. It's been a long time. And maybe it's just now being on the radio and you're hyper aware of what's being said. And so when one line ends with the sound mm-hmm. it, I'm like, where's Elvis going? Yeah. Is this the, is this the radio clean version or is the this the angry Elvis? Version. Yeah. The they, angry they have, Elvis one where he went a, into a rage and did a bad word. They have a lot of Elvis songs now where they're extending them, putting them yep. into mixes. Dance and, tracks. And they're and pretty and darn good, some of them. They're well, that, was all, that, that started with a little more conversation. That's right. That's right. And it became a big hit. Big hit. And now you got uh, Blue Suede Shoes. You got uh, Such a Night. And it's, it's really cool what they've done. So anyways, there you go. You How know, you been doing? I, it's been I'd a while. Know, I'd love to know what Elvis would be doing these days if he was alive. He'd be in his 80s now. And I don't think oh, he'd be doing dance tracks. No, he'd be doing he'd, duets with Tony Bennett probably. Yeah, and he'd probably, like Tony Bennett's doing with Lady Gaga, he'd probably hook up with some of the younger millennial singers and he'd be doing his gospel tracks Elvis probably. Elvis with Kanye. It could happen. <laughs> You've seen, well, you look at Billy Ray Cyrus right now. He's made a comeback with some rapper. Has he? Yeah, I, I don't know if, is it, if, is if Donna it achy, knows the song. Heart? No, no, it's not Achy Breaky Does Heart. Does he have other songs other than Achy Breaky Heart? That I don't know. I, <laughs> I thought that's that what he it. was known for. He sang that and then he and said, And his I'm mullet, kidding. right? Yeah, his mu- mullet. But you should and, and see Miley. him now. And Miley. And well, and Miley Cyrus, of yeah. course. Um, yeah, no, Billy Ray's back, baby. What do you, I, I mean, you know, it's an interesting question about what Elvis, we will never know. But I'm picturing, see, I think what would have happened is Elvis would have, he was heading this way. He would have become enormous. And I don't mean popularity wise, I mean physically. And then got to be 65 or 70 and said, I got to get myself back in shape. And you would have seen a slim down, bald Elvis now. Bald, really? No, he wouldn't have gone bald. You know why I think he would have gone bald? Why is that? Have you seen Art Garfunkel lately? No, I haven't. So Art Garfunkel (laughs) forever was the guy who would go up on stage and he had the (laughs) giant... Afro. Fro. Th- now, the hairline went back, <laughs> but he still had the fro. It was enormous. <laughs> well, it turns out that for many years now, Art Garfunkel's fro has been a faux fro. The faux fro. Okay. He okay. He is like me. There is no growth on top there. He. It, it is slick valley on I, Art Garfunkel's head. And I'm thinking if Art Garfunkel... With all that beautiful, curly, tight, spirally fro hair, if he's now bald, Elvis had no chance. I, I don't. I don't think so. That's what he. That was one of the things he was known for: his voice and his hair. Now he might have had plugs done. 
Which would have been even worse. I, I've actually said, if anything was ever to happen to this... You're going to get plugs? I, w- I was at an event last night. I was fortunate... You do have excellent hair, Thank as you. everybody knows, Thank since you. they watch Cable 14. I, I was able to... MC- I was fortunate enough to emcee a, a very nice gala dinner last night, and 250 people in attendance, and Scott, no word of a lie, there must have been about 50 people that would come up and compliment and want to touch it. And people, I would have people to... People want to touch people, your hair. People are now wanting to touch it. I'm like, whoa! Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't like people... I don't like, I don't like my own hands around my hair... And I got other people wanting to touch it now. See, I find that odd because I, I've seen people go up to women who are pregnant before and want to rub the other woman's tummy. Yes. To me, that's weird. I, it's it's weird when it's another woman who does it. It's really weird when a guy goes up and wants to touch I, a be- pregnant had, woman's I've belly. Had, I've had guys come up to me and they, and they kind of want to start to do this. I'm like, oh, ease up. Your space, my space. That I I could never um, I, I could never imagine just going up and touching another man's hair. I I, I wouldn't touch a woman's hair. Uh, I I was going to say if invited, I can't think of the scenario under maybe, which I'd be invited. Maybe I just have that welcoming personality, that scintillating well, warm. Well, yeah, well, when in reality, it's like get your hand away from me. Well, that what you're carrying on top of your head, not only about the space issue. But man, if they mess it up, that is an, a feat of architecture that you have going on. It would take hours no. to get that back in place. Uh, you'd be surprised, Scott. No, it, it's it, only a few minutes. And really, look at nothing really happened when you really. Well, it is at the end of, of the day when you touch it, nothing it is really kind happens. Well constructed. It is. It doesn't go anywhere. What about wind? Do you have problems with wind? It depends. It depends on the type of wind or the direction of the wind. Yeah, you don't want to go into the hair. You got to no. go with the hair. You got to go with the hair. That's right. <laughs> like I will literally walk backwards. Some if I'm going one way and the wind's coming that way, I will actually walk the other way just so it doesn't kind of. The things you do. The things you do. I am glad though that. Uh, well, I'm not glad that Elvis is gone, but you know, there's a part of me that kind of thinks, with some of these people, best that they go while they're close to the top of their game, not personally wise, just musically wise, and and everything, because you know, I, I just I have this bad picture of an aged aged Elvis just trying to hang on. He he always I think he would have always had the voice. Who knows about the looks? Tough to Who say. Knows? He wasn't looking too good near the end. I do want to wish awesome. everybody, by the way, on the whole Elvis and hair thing today. Yeah. Uh, unaware, un, I did not realize this when we were talking about it last segment, but today is National Hairball Awareness Day. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> do with that what you will. You know what? National Hairball Day. I will never forget the the time I, I had two cats, and the first time I ever heard my cat coughing up a hairball. It's not a pleasant. I was sound. in my I was in my apartment, and I honestly thought there was another human being in my apartment. Not it a was good the sound. creepiest thing in the entire world. Let us move from hair to something for a few minutes anyway, yeah. vastly more serious. Yes. Although, uh, also ties into pop culture a little bit in the sense that uh, we talked about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Kelly talked about it. Scott Thompson talked about it. I talked about it. The shooting of Pat Musitano, the reputed, and I don't even know if reputed Hamilton mobster. I mean, he's mm-hmm. certainly the, the family name has been well documented as being in that underworld. And so anyway, we, we this, everyone knows the story from yesterday by now, I think, that he was early yesterday morning. Uh, Pat Musitano was at his lawyer's office in Mississauga. When he left, somebody came out and shot him in the face. Uh, his brother, Angelo, has already had already been killed a couple of years ago in his driveway. Um, th- here's the thing, though. That as I'm listening to these stories, this is what caught me yesterday. As you're listening to these stories and you're, you're following along and people are listening in, do you think that 
us and other people, do you think people are able to separate easily the fact that this is a real story from the mob movies and stories and everything else, from the Sopranos, from the Godfathers, from everything else? Or when they hear this, do they just immediately go, oh, there's part of the Hollywood mob stuff going on? Do you think think people can really get that it's real the, the actual seriousness of it yeah um i i would like to think people would because these are actual lives uh, that have been taken from us uh, but there is that obviously the the history the mob history in the hamilton area is, is phenomenal and the intrigue i think we're always in for a good mystery um stories behind the stories and and your columnists your colleagues at the spec with um uh, Susan Claremont and Stephen Buse, I think Nicole Riley as yep, well. Yep. They, they they do an excellent job in telling the stories, digging deep, and getting more information that we don't know. So it almost turns into that. I'm almost like reading a fictional novel See, or I don't a think, Hollywood. And I know they don't mean to do it that way, but, but the, it's fascinating when you hear all this other information. Yeah. I don't think people, I don't think most people separate the two. I think if they've watched The Sopranos or if they've watched Godfather or Goodfellas or Casino or whatever, and then they hear this, that's, and I mean, I had a guest on last night and I had to keep asking because I do the same thing. I had to keep asking, am I asking questions that are just Hollywood creations or are these real things? And the lines get very They get blurred. very blurred. And you, so you take shows like Sopranos, as you mentioned, Donnie Brasco, yep. Breaking Bad, those movies and shows, the research and homework on them is so spot on. Those are almost realistic as well, right? I know Donnie Brasco was. It was based on a true life story. So I would have to say that, it, like you said, that there's that gray line, mystery, intrigue. It's it's the perfect Hollywood story, but here it's happening local. So I try to separate it, but I think at the same time, I'm like, hmm, let's see what's going to happen next. What are you you guys going to report on next See, it seems almost like we are writing, and not me, but Susan and and, uh, Steve and Nicole and others at the paper and and here at CHML and at CHCH, it it almost seems like you're telling a a Hollywood story, but it's real. And again, when, when you start talking about this, when I heard yesterday that Pat Musitano was shot in the face, I don't want anyone to be shot in the face. And I don't know what he may or may not have been behind in his life. There are lots of, well, we know some stuff, but there's lots of stories about what he may or may not have done or Mm -hmm. been involved with. It doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter. I don't want him to be doing that to other people. I don't want someone to be doing that to him, but it doesn't. To me, yesterday when I heard it, I had a very different reaction than I would have if it had just been Bob Smith who got into his car and was shot in the face. And what what I, was I, your reaction? Because I'm going to be honest, when I heard, I wasn't shocked. No, I wasn't shocked at all. And as I say, it almost seemed like it was part of a story as yeah. opposed to a real life, real live Hamilton human being just got shot in the face. It didn't, it didn't resonate the way that I would have expected that an, I would have felt if someone else had had this happen. And I don't know whether I'm supposed to feel bad about myself for not having that feeling of a human that has been shot in the face, or if it's like, well, no, that's just, you know, that's what it is. And I I think most people felt that way. It was a brazen attack in in daylight with schools opening right around the corner and such. Yeah. It's it's a made for Hollywood. And you never know, there just may be a Netflix series on this one day with Hamilton right in the smack of it. You just don't know. The difficulty that at least I have 
And I think you say you have separating the fiction of mob stuff from the reality of mob stuff. And let me ask you this, because it was back, what was the date here? People will remember the story. April 11th, so we're talking about two weeks ago, that uh, Mayor Fred Eisenberger was at the <laughs> mayor's, what was it, the mayor's breakfast? The, the annual, the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce mayor's breakfast. And he was talking about gun crime. Lisa Hepner asked him a question, and he's fine with and criminals shooting each other. That's what he said. That basically, I'm okay if criminals want to go and blow each other away, I guess, go do your thing. But he's worried about the collateral damage. So let me go back to the first part of that, though. One of the things, traditionally one of the realities or the codes or whatever of the mob, as I understand it, is that if you aren't involved, if you're on the outside, if you've got nothing to do with them, you're not going to get touched. It's They're going to do whatever they do to each other and to people who, whatever. Are you, are you ultimately okay if they have to take care of their business as unseemly as it may be, as long as innocent people are not caught up in this? Well, that's, that's, this is going to be a bad pun. That's a loaded question. I, I think they're very particular and meticulous when it comes to these hits, because aside from the spraying of bullets at the house, which was, that's pretty serious. They always seem to get them when they are by themselves in a vehicle. I, they do a lot of tracking. I well, don't because think they don't want they, they don't want the collateral damage because that is going to bring so much heat because from that the just police. opens up a whole nother can of worms. Now people are upset, now, and then people will get upset. So, so are you okay then? If if they're well, is, I'm as never much okay as okay with people killing each other. No, but if that's how, if if that's the mob mentality mantra, whatever you want to use, and I think it's been like that for generations upon generations, then so be it. And you just hope that they kind of still continue to let's make do let's do our casing let's make sure that they're kind of by themselves pop pop and let's move on if it's going to continue that way and they're not doing it um, in in banquet halls um, or, or walking along the streets I think they have enough respect for the general public we're going to keep this as you alluded to Scott in the circle yeah, of I, the mob I and again Mobs. I feel no and and I and again I feel uncomfortable with the fact that by and large, even though the mayor later tried to clarify what he said, but I, I, in some ways I'm feeling the same way he does in that we know there's always going to be crime, that that we are never going to live in a utopian society where crime doesn't exist. I'm sorry if someone, if I'm bursting someone's bubble, that's the reality. We're never going to eliminate crime. We're never going to eliminate violence. And so if it has to exist and you want to keep it within your little world of people who want to play that game, better that than taking out innocent people who are not doing anything and get caught up in this. Agreed. Now I am a little concerned about getting into my vehicle after tonight's show. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it just, again, and, and I don't, well, this is always something that I've always wondered about. Like we, people talk about the mob or the mafia or whatever else. And they talk about it very openly. And I'm always thinking to myself, man, they're going to be upset about this, but they're, you no, know, it seems like these are, there are guys who have been back in the day, Papali and all these that, that were, it seemed fine if people knew just, you know, just, I don't want to be caught, I guess, doing the wrong thing, but it, people knew and people knew there's, there's insiders, there's moles there. There's so much that goes on. You read any mystery novel. You, again, you watch what happened in the world of Donnie Brasco. 
you hear about some of the stories, uh, you know, here locally and just beyond. It's 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 a it's a whole nother lifestyle. I don't know how you get caught up into it. I think in some cases you're born into it. I just think it becomes very difficult and and important. But I think it's very difficult not to read these stories, not to hear these stories, not to watch these stories, and find it entertaining. That that to, that's where I get there's the difficulty. There's entertainment. There's intrigue. There's and, in, intrigue. And I think there's also is, is we, something. We also we also then we, we want to read a little bit longer. Is there a, a face or a name that we maybe actually know a little per, more personally too? Who's on your kid's soccer team or a parent or, a, or just, that you work with? Because yeah. you just don't know how far out this can maybe spider web sometimes, right? I'm, I'm trying very diligently with some success, but not completely. I'm trying very diligently when these stories happen. And again, we go back to Angelo two years ago, Angelo Musatano, almost two years ago, to not see this or not feel entertained by this because it's just another edition or episode of The Sopranos. It's not. There are actual people who are dying. And even if people are making bad decisions in their lives, they still got kids who are victims in this in their own way and stuff. It affects it, it, many. It becomes diff. It becomes difficult for me. I'm trying to be a decent person and not find this just hey great next chapter. No, it's not that. No. And and then as as these young kids grow up, they're always going to be kind of labeled with that title. Oh, you, you, do you not think how di- can you not imagine how difficult it would be if you were in this city and you're not the grandpa or the dad and you have the name Papalia or you have the name Musitano that's a there may be great pride in the name but there may also be some other things that come along with it that could be really tough for kids I would think again they're probably getting really good marks in school maybe maybe. (laughs) no what teacher is going to fail that kid yeah it uh, again the names hold a lot of power I, I, I do think, though, beyond what goes on, I think there's also respect for what else happens in the world, whether it be schooling. I, you know, I, I think they have enough respect to be able to... Separate? Separate. Yeah. Well, I, as I say, I'm trying... Maybe not, I'm being I, naive. No, no. I, and I'm trying really hard not to be entertained by this stuff because it's not entertaining. It's intriguing, but I don't think it should be entertaining. But that's just me. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. I have Mike Fortune uh, in studio, as I say, from Cable 14. Uh, let me ask you this. Have you been to, I don't, I think the only place that has this right now in this area is A&W, not putting in a plug, although if they want to drop by with food, we're more than willing to take any. Have you been an, uh, to A&W and tried their Beyond Beef Burger, Beyond Meat Burger, the, the vegetarian alternative burger? I have not. Would you? Yes, I would. And, and going to, um. Do you, do you remember Licks Burgers? Absolutely, the, I do. The veggie Licks Burgers. I never had one. I just remember oh, going into Licks and they would spe- you would say you order and they would scream the order. And we can talk about them because they're no longer around. But they had they don't have any Licks left. Not in the That's Hamilton area, at least. That's a shame. And I, I don't know. Their veggie burgers were spectacular. Were they? They were very very good. But see, the difference it's is so- veggie burger versus veggie but supposed to be beef burger. Did it taste like veggie or did it taste like beef when you went to Lick's? You know what? I loaded so much stuff <laughs> onto it with their secret sauce and jalapenos and tomatoes and lettuce. I'd, you couldn't you know, tell. I couldn't tell. See, the difference is I've had enough veggie burgers. My daughter is 
Semi-vegan? Semi, not vegan. Semi-veg. She'll semi eat chicken, but, okay. but otherwise no red meat, no pork, no things like that. Does she uh, wear cowboy boots? Uh, she will on occasion. Well, she doesn't own a pair, but she's definitely into country music and hangs around farms <laughs> and works with horses. And so, yes. The, okay. Um, Sorry. Stay so I've tried right? enough veggie burgers to say most veggie burgers that I've ever tasted would kind of be the equivalent of shoving a sponge into your mouth and chewing it. They're horrible. Wet cardboard. Horrible. This though, and I got to give credit, and again, we're not being paid by A&W. We're not sponsored by A&W. I went and had this one, took a took one home for my wife, and I could not tell the difference between this really? and meat. It was so close. Well, the reason I bring this up is because there's a piece in The Spectator by um, Sylvain Charlebois, doctor, uh, professor. We have him on the show regularly. If you've been listening for any period of time, you've heard Sylvain Charlebois on here. Uh, it talks about food issues and things like that. Well, the Beyond Meat, the company that makes the burger behind this, the non-meat but meat imitator, is branching out extravagantly. And soon you're going to be able to go to the store and buy this. It's partially owned by Bill Gates. He's behind this thing. And I'm wondering how many people are going to say, I'm fine not eating meat at all, or I'm fine not eating meat as long as it tastes like meat. My concern would be, what are you putting into this meatless burger to make it taste like meat? And what are the reper- repercussions going to be? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. We're, putting a We're telling meat. you it's not meat, but it's really meat. No, no. They don't, it's not what meat. are the repercussions down the road, 10, 15, 20 years? Well, see, many people would say the repercussions are positive because you don't have to have cows. And some will say that the cows that are farting are ruining the ozone layer. But and- how are they making it taste like meat if it's not meat? What, what are the chemicals? What's in it? It just can't be soybeans and chickpeas and 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 panko. Well, well, after the next commercial, during the next commercial, I'm going to go on A and W's website because they actually have the ingredients of this listed so, on their website. I went and looked it up one time. So I'll tell why you would after they the do break. that then? Because then I can just make my own and I won't want to go. Well, I don't know that they have the exact recipe, oh, but they'll tell you what's in it. But no, there's no meat because that was my first thing is, oh, they're putting a little like blood in there or something <laughs> just to make it taste meaty. Is this, is this, are they looking, you mentioned Bill Gates and this company, like, is this what's going to happen eventually when I go and order my baseball steak at the keg? Like it's not, it's going to be a fake baseball steak? Like, is that the, I don't the plan? Know. Is that the grandioso, this is our end goal? I don't know. And I look at this and I think, when I had this burger, it tasted enough. It tasted so close, in fact, to meat that I would be okay eating that. Most of, instead of a hamburger, instead of a regular hamburger. I'm not going off meat entirely. I'm not going vegetarian or vegan. But uh, I could say, I could pull back and have this instead of a hamburger. A steak is a steak. I don't know how you imitate a steak. But maybe that's Science next. nowadays, who knows? Maybe now, you know next. how they have the Coke versus Pepsi challenge? This one would have been difficult. Honestly, This I think this one would have been difficult if you had put a regular beef burger and this. Now, this the color was slightly different. A little more grayish? A little more green almost, green. I think. Green. Well, not, not green. It wasn't green. It wasn't green eggs and like, ham like kind of thing. It wasn't toxic and, gr- and glowing, <laughs> and it wasn't moldy. It just had a, a little bit of a grainy kind of color. But okay. if you closed your eyes, I would bet money that you could not have told the difference apart. I'm going to tell you what's in this if I can okay. find it. Yep. But do you believe that people... Even ardent beef eaters or meat eaters will say, as long as you can make it taste like meat, I'm fine to eat this stuff. But I want to we'll know this. what's going to make it taste like meat. It's not going to kill you 20 you years down the road. After the break. Okay, I let's hope. hear it. What's in it? 
There is a there is a suggestion that when you go to the grocery store soon and you go to buy meat, there is soon going to be oodles of opportunities to buy meat-like product. And look, I've tried the near turkey or whatever you call it, like tofu that is apparently... Yeah. Did you ever see that episode of Everybody Loves Raymond where they made the tofu turkey with the legs on... when they came out? I, mean, oh, I didn't see that No, there are, there are foods that... <laughs> it was a hilarious episode. Uh, there are foods that have, over the years, been described as near bacon or near turkey, and yeah. they don't taste anything like it. They're horrible. They leave your mouth with a film of... Turkey wieners. Yeah. They, 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 you know this is not what you're being told you're eating. Now, turkey wieners... Though at least they are a meat. They're supposed to be like the pork wieners, but nonetheless, this is, we're talking about no meat at all. No meat, zero meat. And okay. I'm wondering whether people are going to go for this. Here's what's in those I'm burgers. I'm on the edge of my seat here, beyond Scott. meat. Let's hear there it. There are beets, coconut oil, yellow peas, pomegranates, mung beans, rice, potatoes, apples, and back to beets. Uh, mung beans, all I can think of is... Um, Creed in uh, the office he used to keep <laughs> mung beans in his desk <laughs> yeah, right. and made his breath stink. So you're trying to tell me if I go to my local grocery establishment this them. weekend, I, I find those ingredients, you may I mix, I mash, I munch, I, I blend, I do whatever, I put into a nice little ball and I put it on the, on the BBQ, I'm set? Well, I'm assuming they have teams of people who have put the exact ingredients together to make it taste like it. I, again, I don't know how. I'm simply wondering if people are going to go for this, if does, people are going to be okay with this, or if we are locked in as a society that has to eat meat. And I don't know the answer to I, that I'd question. like to know what the beef, uh, the, the beef industry thinks of this. Probably not a lot. What about all those farmers? Well, look, you know, we've got, we've already essentially through our federal government and through special interest groups and others destroyed the oil industry out West. We have sold all kinds of our water from Ontario to bottle it to American companies. Why not just destroy the beef industry? Let's work our way through all of the number one, two, three, four export and production products that Canada has. Let's just destroy them all. And let's just become one big cannabis country. Well, oh, can, but we're cannabis we brought wheat. in. Yeah, so we'll, we won't have any, ec, any economy, so, so but you we'll can have a, high. You can have a veggie burger <laughs> and followed a by a joint. No, I think it'll be the other way around. <laughs> if, I, if I know anything about smoking pot, which I don't, uh, but I think yeah, the munchies come after the pot. I, uh, you know what? I guess but you're absolutely right, though. That this will be there will be a fight from the beef producers. You would expect. I would think at the because what's going to happen? Like what Licks did. If this does become popular, they will start to market and advertise this, and they will start selling this probably in grocery stores and corner stores, and and why not? And if it is a healthier lifestyle option, why wouldn't you? Sure. I think it's going to simply take people some time to wrap their head around the fact that you're not eating meat. Because there are people, as much as there are vegetarians who are, and vegans especially, who are very eager to tell you that they are vegans and vegetarians. It's like- They, they love it. They love to tell you that they don't eat meat. There's they a point of pride shirts. in it. The same goes the other way around though. Meat eaters like to tell you that they eat, that they're carnivores and they eat meat. What'd you do this weekend? I had the best steak at exactly. X, restaurant I, X, Y, and Z. I was on the barbecue. I was on the BBQ and I had- pork loins this thick. So convincing them to step away from the meat and eat faux meat, I'm not sure how easy that's going to be, even if it tastes the same. 
I didn't say feet, it's, although <laughs> faux it's, meat. It's good. I think like anything, it's new. It's going to take a little bit of time, and maybe it's going to be a, a mid-generational switch. You, you get into the, the youngsters, the... I think the old folks are calling them millennials nowadays. I you get into are. the millennials. Like, you know, I yeah, there's Donna and Will back there. Like, you know, is this something that they would kind of be marketed and sold to? I think it's exactly who it, who they would be marketed and sold to. I don't think they care about two old guys like you and I, Scott. Well, no. See, uh, uh, opposite, frankly. Uh, while they, while younger people, while people in their 20s and 30s will do it, I think you are absolutely going to be marketing to the people who are getting into their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and saying, don't you want to live longer is by it gonna, eating healthier? But is it is it going to be cheaper? No. Well, wait a second. Well, I don't know that. But I, I can tell you when I went to A&W, it wasn't... A lot. It wasn't cheaper, and I would. You would think that it costs a lot more to raise a cow than to grow a sheath of wheat. One would think you just have or to go out, pick, pick, pick some apples, pull a beet from the ground, the ground, and then mix it know, all together. Mix it all together. <laughs> it's not. Come on. And if there is a popularity to this, if it does catch on, it is. Why would you lower the price then? Because but, now we can make even more money. But then it might only be affordable for the elitists and the wealthy, and that's the us middle class, low class folks. Uh, you know, I, I don't, don't know. know. We shall see, but it's uh, it will soon be at a grocery store near you, and I'll be interested. Send me an email, Radley at nine hundred chml dot com. We'll be really interested to know if you are going to be eager to jump the sharks. So it's it's a and go faux meat. It's a healthy meat bur- healthy, healthy veggie burger that's on a bun. Told. Yep, the t- loaded looks, with carbs. Looks and sounds like a burger. Well, I don't know if it sounds with like a French burger. fries dipped in deep fried, deep fried in, in with a nice fat. sugary A and W. Hey, we're getting there slowly, piece by piece. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. There was a very, very tragic, very upsetting, very horrendous terror attack in. New Zealand, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, where the person walked into the mosque and killed 40 or 50 people. It was a horrendous, it was a horrendous event that got the attention of the world that everybody was upset by. And as a result of this, among other things that happened in the world in response, we had a holding hands around the mosque event here in Hamilton, which was, uh, I thought, a beautiful thing to show solidarity. Lila Miklos was on our show uh, promoting that. Yes, she was a big supporter of that. Uh, One of the people who was there, here's a quote from the person. What happened last week scared the mm out of me. If we don't say something to stand up for each other visibly, then we're complicit in the kind of anger and hate that causes people like that guy in New Zealand to do what he did. I agreed with that comment. I thought it was an appropriate comment. I thought the action was appropriate. I thought gathering outside the mosque to show support for the, uh, for the people who go there and for the community. I thought all of it was fine. It was good. My question is this. Last weekend on Easter Sunday, there were eight coordinated bombings in Sri Lanka at churches and hotels where people were gathering for Easter. 300 roughly people died. And no response. I am still waiting for any of the same people that organized the hand-holding and the events at the mosques who showed their solidarity to show that we're not complicit in the kind of anger and hate that causes people like that guy in New Zealand to do what he did. I'm still waiting for the announcement of where this is going to happen at the churches in Hamilton this Sunday. Where is that? 
fascinating question, and I had not really looked at it that way. Maybe because we we start to get a little numb to it. Come on, it's only the, two weeks later. The situation, uh, it, it, it's a different situation. Yeah, it's um, worse. It's it's worse. It's bigger. It's coordinated. This was in, and now. I'm not dismissing for well, one second what happened in New Zealand. Not for one second. That was a guy. That was one guy coordinated who was. Well, no, it was one person yeah, who was a lunatic, it, yeah. and he was angry. Here in Sri Lanka, you've got a coordinated effort with eight people simultaneously. There's no, there's no fluke. I am looking at this, and I'm saying, where is the same concern to not be complicit in this kind of anger and hate? It is people who were worshiping at whatever the church or the temple or the mosque was. I see no similar response, and I don't understand it. You, you you got me. I I don't know how to respond to that. We have a we have a community here, and maybe after hearing this, someone will step up. I hope I, so. And I because I tell but, you why. I'm looking at this, and what I'm seeing is I believe that a number of the people, maybe some of the people, maybe most, I don't know who it is, are looking at this as this is politically correct. It is, is political correctness to say we have to do it with one, but not for the other. I'm sorry if that's if some. But then, are if upset. that's the case, you are going to be doing so many of these rings of circles and holding hands because there's so much of this that goes on around the world. Is it because specifically it was the mosque, a place of worship where you should be able? It to was go. in churches last Sunday. It was an Church Easter Sunday, the most holy day of the Christian calendar. Restaurants, and yes. hotels too, where they were holding. Easter events. It was, it is the two, the reason I say, you're right, that there are so many of these that happen that maybe you just start to lose track and it becomes too cumbersome. The problem is with that argument, although you're correct, the problem is these are two events that are so close together and are so parallel as far as who were the victims in this and how these were carried out and the types of places that it just comes across as opportunistic or making a political statement or doing something else. And I see no continuity and no, I don't even so know. So the same people that organize these, these circles of, should have uh, been, should be the same ones to say, why are, you let's know what? do it's this again, weeks folks. Later. It's two weeks later. We should be outside churches. Now you obviously there's a, probably more churches in Hamilton than mosques, you, but I don't know that these, this holding hands, this hand surrounding the mosque was done at every mosque in the city. It was the downtown mosque symbolically. And this was only a symbolic thing, because if mm-hmm. someone was going to do something to a mosque, a bunch of people holding hands was not going to stop them. It was a symbolic gesture. I don't even see a gesture. And, and you know what else? When the, our prime minister today sent out a tweet about Vladimir Guerrero playing for the Blue Jays and how excited, his tweet today about Guerrero playing for the Blue Jays was longer than the tweet he sent out about the Sri Lankan Explosions. Thoughts and prayers are those within Sri Lanka. He spoke for five minutes, ten minutes in the House of Commons about how it was white supremacists that caused the Muslim shooting, but nothing about what was behind the church bombings. It's the problem is it's the inconsistency. So why are we wired this way then? I don't know. But it, it, it's the inconsistency that gets me. It's not dismissing, diminishing one over the other. It's not saying one is worse than the other or one is not as bad as the other. They are both horrendous events. I am not saying, oh, it's worse that Christians got killed than Muslims got killed. Not at all. Not at all. If you are in your place of worship, that should be a... The reason they're called a sanctuary is because they should be a sanctuary. Peace. 
It doesn't matter if it's Jews in a, in a synagogue, if it's Muslims in a mosque, if it's Christians in a church, those should be places that are peaceful, that are safe. And we, we, there seems to be no consistency and it's, it, it's bugging me. It has been bugging me all week. I keep waiting. I didn't bring it up this week because I thought something by Friday night, someone's going to announce that we're doing something. And I've yet to hear it. If you're out there, if you're having something, if you know of something, please let us call know. us right now. 905-645-3221, star 990. Correct us. Because to your point, the horrible happenings in, in Broward County with Marshall Stoneman Douglas, the shootings... Again, to your point, you don't hear other people getting together in other countries and other cities saying, let's have a peace circle. Let's remember these students who are now going to be affected or who were affected. The people- so I don't know why it doesn't, why it's good for, good for one area and not another. And when I say the people, I want to be clear. I'm not saying the people being Muslims because there were many people who were not Muslim who were around. And I applauded those people for showing up and showing that solidarity with the Muslim community. I absolutely applauded that. I don't understand how those people, and again, the people who were there, not Muslims, those people who helped organize, who helped show up, how they, in the span of two weeks, somehow forgot what they did and why they did it. And the quotes that we're talking about that say, if we don't say something to stand up for each other visible, visibly, then we're complicit in the kind of anger and hate that causes people like that guy in New Zealand to do what he did. Where are the people who are then showing that we're not all complicit? And if you're going to say so that it's because it- Muslims are a minority... I, I, was, I was wondering if you were going there uh, because fine. the Muslims are the minority, whereas what happened and you on were, Easter Sunday it was it was people of all ethnic backgrounds and, and generation. Canadians were there. Who are were the Christians killed. the majority in Sri Lanka? No, they are a tiny minority group in Sri Lanka. These this is the kind of thing when we talk about people around the world as Canadians that we say we stand up for the little guy around the world. We are we don't. We are on the side of the little guy. In Sri Lanka, the Christians are the little guy, and we're doing... We, we had some platitudes from a couple politicians, and as I say, they were platitudes. There yeah. was nothing other than platitudes, and nothing since then. You get your Facebook, Twitter posts with your hashtags, love and prayers, peace, thoughts. But an, again, to my point earlier, you could literally have one of these every day then. I... You could, except that we are two weeks apart and the situation is symmetrical. It is a, it is so similar in what happened that it's impossible to have forgotten already what we did two weeks ago. It's impossible not to see how close they are and to say, we reject someone going into a mosque to shoot up a mosque. We absolutely reject that. We equally absolutely reject someone going into churches and blowing up the churches. Well, you know, we had the organizers of the the circles on on City Matters. Um, Perhaps we should be reaching out to those fine folks. Here's, let me give you one other quote that came from that circle. I won't say who the person was. We will never forget this. This is something cheerful and very patriotic. It shows love, it shows compassion, and shows respect for all religions. Hmm. I was buying that quote up until the end. All religions. All religions. If that's the case, where are the circles around the churches 
this Sunday. I'm looking at this saying, I'm not seeing the same respect. The same. All this looks like to me is opportunistic political correctness. Mm, okay. Wow. You brought out the big guns there. There are some people, and I would look mostly at the Muslim community, who aren't looking at this as politically correct because for them it's very close to them. It's very, it hit very close to home. And when they are lining up outside the mosque to join the people, I think they're doing it absolutely with the legitimate and heartfelt sentiments. I don't think they're putting on a show because it's their community that they were looking at and saying, yes, we believe that we're, th- that this is, we're involved in this to show love and show compassion and show respect. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Could there still potentially be some mourning what happened two weeks ago and they haven't wrapped their heads around that yet? I'm, as I say, I'm excluding for now the Muslim community from this. I'm talking about the people who were not Muslim, who were so concerned about freedom of religion and love and compassion and patriotism. Where are they? Where are they? Where are these same people who don't seem to have anywhere near the same compassion or burning need to show compassion or to make a stand, or to make a statement. Where are the same people around the churches? It's a gigantic blind spot. It really is. And and again, if there's someone who's doing something, please let us know. But I've heard nothing, and I've been searching around online, and I can't find any evidence that something like this is going to happen. So some people, listeners might say, well, Scott, why don't you organize something then? And my answer to that would be twofold. One... I am, if you're that upset by it, Scott, the people who organize, the reason is this, mm-hmm. the reason this upsets me is the people who organize this to me or who participated in this mm-hmm. should have said when they heard about Sri Lanka, oh man, we just did this. Just did it, yeah. The same thing has happened. We, to show that same compassion and respect and everything else must do this to show that it really is the all religions that they talked about. Because again, I think what they said and what they did with the New Zealand shooting mm-hmm. was wonderful. Right thing to it do. It was wonderful. No one's complaining that they did that. It was a wonderful gesture. But it looks, to me, it looks almost not hollow, but it looks targeted as far as we're trying to make a statement, but only for, we're only really concerned about certain groups when you do it. And we're not talking about two years later. This was one right after the other. Uh, It's, mm, I'm sorry. It's, I'm waiting for an explanation from someone, but it seems as though one matters and one doesn't matter. And that may not be true, but that's the perception. It's, it's the perception. That's right the now. perception. One matters from. and one of them, and again, not to dismiss what happened in Christchurch, New Zealand, it was, what happened in Sri Lanka was six times six larger. Times it wasn't a one, in, well, not insane, one very angry, I won't, I won't give them the credit of being insane, one very angry shooter. This is a targeted, concerted, organized effort you can't just say, well, you know, it doesn't really, it's not the same. It's not as big. No, it's, it's bigger. It, anyway. It, it would be great to have 
some of the organizers and some of the fine folks that participated in the circles a few weeks ago to on, onto one of your shows, and, and we and, may and try to get. But you know what? An answer and 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 some. But they shouldn't need that, Mike. They shouldn't need to be put on the spot on the air. First of all, I don't know they would have come on, but they don't need to be put on the spot. They shouldn't need to be put on the spot to say. Why are you doing one, not the other? This should be an automatic. But it's, it's a fair question for you to ask. It, it will be a fair question if we do that. But it, I'm waiting. Maybe, maybe, I hold out hope. Maybe we're going to hear on Monday morning that on Sunday there were a bunch of people that went to a church and lined up around a church. The one down. Uh, but there was a lot more media coverage leading up to what they were doing here in Hamilton. It was like three, four days worth. Yes. Here's what's happening. So if Posters someone does being it, made. if someone does it's it, already, it's going to be a couple people that are that do it and good for them if that happens mm-hmm. where's the continuity where's the consistency where is the same concern and again you can say the muslims are the minority here i i understand and in new zealand but in sri lanka the christians are the huge minority you're listening to the scott radley show podcast on 900 chml have you heard about what's been going on with Kate Smith? Kate Smith is the woman who, her, her version of God Bless America, which was played at Philadelphia Flyers games New for York years. Yankees. New York Yankees play it. Well, somebody, some fan, I guess, found an old recording. Kate Smith apparently sang something like, that recorded something like 3,000 songs in her career. Hmm. Somebody found an old 78 somewhere in which she is singing a song that is, well, the lyrics are... To be generous, questionable. Was it not part of a play, though? Was it not part of, of a theatrical yes. stage? Well, it, so the song the song was called... Here, here's some of the lyrics from the song, or one of the songs that she got criticized for. And it's about... It, I can't even remember the name of it. It's a, the, Even the name of the song is a little bit uh, more than a little dicey. But anyway... Uh, Here are the lyrics she's saying. Someone had to pick the cotton. Someone had to plant the corn. Someone had to slave and be able to sing. That's why darkies were born. That was the lyrics that got her in trouble. Which she did not write. She didn't write, but she sang sang them. them. And back in the 1930s, and this is now, you know, we're in 2019 and people have sensibilities and people see things different, I guess, than they did in the 1930s. And so the Philadelphia Flyers have said, and the Yankees have said, no, we won't be playing any more of her music. We won't be playing her song anymore. Our statue of her outside the Wells Fargo Center is gone. This was, this is, we're getting close to a hundred years since she sang this song. Is there a place to say, context because of the time or is racism racism and it doesn't matter when you did this and therefore you know what no we can't tolerate having her because she now represents this i think this is all getting far far too overblown we're hearing it more and more again we have to learn from our history Take it into context of the 1930s, as you alluded to. It was a song not written by her for a theatrical performance. She created, I think, one of the most amazing renditions of the song that the Flyers and Yankees have been playing. Yep. And it is an absolute shame now that this is how she is going to be remembered, how the family is now going to be portrayed. I think at some point, Scott, you just have to say that was then... 
This is now. And you know, the part of the difficulty with this is that because she's not here. She can't defend herself. She can't defend herself. She can't offer context. There's a couple things I want to add to this. One is apparently about 1943, 1944, and she was an enormous star. She went on the radio and made a very impassioned speech for racial equality. So the idea that this is a woman who was seething with racial hatred doesn't seem to have any basis in fact. The second point is that that Paul Robeson, who was a concert singer, an African-American singer back around that same time, also recorded this song. And so, again, context being what it is, there are many people saying what we're failing to catch on to here is this song was a satire of race, of racism, Mm -hmm. that it was so over the top that it's pointing out how ridiculous it is. And so she was singing this satirical song. It made me wonder when I heard that back years ago when the movie, well, probably 15 years ago, 20 years ago when the movie The Producers came out, Will Ferrell is in that and he plays a crazed... Nazi who yeah. sings the song Springtime for Hitler. 50 years from now, is Will Ferrell going to be blacklisted from all of his movies can't be shown anymore because Will Ferrell sang a song that was about springtime for Hitler, even though it's clearly in the context, it is making fun of the nuttiness of the thought process. Is that going to be, is someone going to misinterpret not knowing what Will Ferrell was doing and say, man, that's a guy, what a horrible human. We can't have his participation. But with everything that we know, what happened with, with the Nazis and Hitler, like why aren't people jumping on him all over him now about because it? Because right now in, in our current time, people are understanding the context because they're getting what it's about. I'm saying when he's not here to defend himself, when society has changed again, which it will, when people's attitudes have changed again, are they going to look at that and not get the nuance? It, I, I don't think it will. And I think because of, of social media and because how everything, everything you do, every breath you take, every blink you make with your eyes is now recorded. And there are explanations, doc, so much documentation of things being done nowadays that you will, you will have electronic media be able to be your voice even when you're gone. Oh, that's why it was done that way. Okay. Whereas back in the thirties, you didn't have that. See, what really concerns me about this is, look, when I, when I, when I see those lyrics, when I read those lyrics, they are exceedingly uncomfortable lyrics. I grant you that. Context, as I say, is missing for sure, because we don't really know what Kate Smith's motive was in singing it. We don't know. And she's not here to explain. I'd like to see the whole musical now. Maybe that would give it well, some more understanding. It, it could. And we don't know what the context was. So we're really at a loss to know, was Kate Smith truly harboring racist intent or was she mocking the racists by, you know, w- my favorite book is To Kill a Mockingbird. I don't think she was doing anything. Again, she was just singing. You had the producers I know, and but the writers go- doing this. But my favorite book is To Kill a Mockingbird. Fantastic. There are people who want that book banned because it uses the N-word and it's got racial overtones. And right. what I keep explaining to people who say that stuff is... This book is showing the idiocy of racism. If you take this book away, you don't eliminate racism. What you do is you eliminate a great tool that points out how offensive racism is. The whole story of To Kill a Mockingbird is anti-racism. But to show the anti of something, Mm -hmm. you have to know what the thing is. If I remove badness from the world... There's nothing to compare that to know what good is. If you always have felt good, 
You never know what good feels like because it's just, you have to have experienced something bad to know what good feels like or vice versa. So how do we get over this then? I don't know. How do we move on? I don't know. But clearly we are at a point where something that you sang or said or wrote about or tweeted or a hundred years ago out of a volume of 3000 songs and plenty of other evidence that you were anything but a racist tars you as a racist now and says you are no longer permitted in the public square. That's terrifying because what, who among us hasn't said or done something, whether it's me on the radio, you on the radio or on TV or the, a person at their office or with their family, who hasn't said something that could be misconstrued or something that you wish you could take back that you don't really mean, but in a moment of weakness or anger, you said every one of us. We've all said something, we've all done something, and I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand more times, we all have our skeletons. And look, if Kate Smith or anyone else had an, a long history of endlessly doing this, where you say there's a long pattern of her behavior, so clearly. Go into the print archives, you would see it left, right, and center. Y- you don't. And it's a shame. And it, 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 it's it, a shame that this is happening now, not it, a shame it, that you don't. No, no. And it really concerns me. It really concerns me because I don't think that anybody could withstand this level of scrutiny. Honestly, there is not a, there is not a politician, a leader, a celebrity, an average person that could, could withstand having everything they've done examined and parsed and held up to modern standards a hundred years later. You just can't. You can't. Again, I think times are are changing, though, where 100 years from now, you might be able to because you have some genius PR social media gurus out there who can spin absolutely anything. And they can take a mass murderer and make them look like a superhero sometimes. Or, Or you will have someone who is legitimately a really good person. And you can tear them apart. And find... A moment where they said something that could be misconstrued, that you don't know what the context was, you don't know what the circumstances were, but a hundred years later, 50 years later, you say, look, we can't have this person. How many of our politicians, how many statues are coming down now because out of context, but dropped into modern sensibilities, we say, well, that person was horrible. That person was horrible. Mm-hmm. Here we are again. Here I, we are. It, it, and, and it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. So how do do we not have to change our mindset? Do we not have to be the leaders in this? Does does the media not maybe have but if to you, soften the, things? Because at the end of the day, they want to sell. They want to sell papers. They want eyeballs to their websites. So they will use the words that are attention grabbing. But you know what, Mike? If you stand up today and say that statue of Kate Smith should not come down, that song should still be played. You know what the response is? Well, then obviously you're a sympathizer of racist con- uh, mm-hmm. I- I- thoughts too. You, If you don't have a problem with her saying these words, clearly you have a problem. Well, so who's going to stand up and say that? Because you just know that it's just easier to just let it go. And, oh, it's only Kate Smith today. Today it's only Kate Smith. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero, everybody all day talking about Vladimir Guerrero. Call that Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., by the way. Junior. Uh, the son of Vladimir Guerrero, not surprisingly. Senior. Senior. Hall of Famer. And yes, the, the most highly considered prospect apparently in the history of the universe 
uh, there was actually a story on Sportsnet's webpage today questioning whether or not he was going to be the greatest player ever. And I don't mean for the Blue Jays, ever. Cart slightly before the horse, Mike. Slightly. And, and he and he hasn't even he didn't even field or take one swing at a pro pitch in a regular season game. It's the hype is truly, truly unbelievable. You're a ball fan. I'm a huge ball fan. I have Aaron Judge wasn't like this. Uh, Roger Clemens wasn't like this. Well, you can't compare this to anything. And he went up. He had his first at bat, and he grounded out, which and tells he gets, me he's a complete bust. And he gets a standing ovation. <laughs> Grounds out to first, and he gets a standing ovation. Imagine, the Hall of Fame career is over. Yeah, imagine the response he's going to get when he strikes out. They're going to just, like, blow the roof off it, the place. They're going to have streakers, the whole works. It's uh, Morgana it, is going to be brought out of retirement. <laughs> it's it, it, it's quite the, quite the story. You know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm glad we're sharing this moment together. Together. It could be one of those remember where were you when moments when he had it his could first have been. at bat. You never it know. Could have been. As someone tweeted out earlier today, if he doesn't go five for four, it's going to be a failure. <laughs> With five home runs. With five home <laughs> yeah, runs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It, uh, and, and he was, the person tweeted, that was not an accidental you, tweet. You five al- for four. You almost have to, I think he'll be able to take it all in stride. Let's face it, Junior has grown up around ballparks and clubhouses his entire life. This is all he truly knows. But you have to wonder, is is the media pressure going to at some point maybe get to him? Well, beyond that, I don't even know the name of the pitcher who's pitching for Oakland right now. Uh, I know his last name is Fires. Okay, Fires. Man, there is no doubt that Guerrero is not going to get a hit because Fires' Fu Manchu mustache is frankly terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) You go up there, you see that mustache, and you're like, no, I I can't touch this guy. I'm never getting a hit off this guy. This guy's frightening. He... He's like the guy. What was the the uh, the uh, pitcher from years ago? The um, Zachary Lee. There was no. Uh, there was another. I'll think of it in a minute. Fu Manchu's. Uh, yeah, there's, there was a terrifying Fu Manchu for a guy. I think he was from Philadelphia years and years and years ago. The Romanian or the uh, anyway. Not ringing man. a bell. We'll come to me at three in the morning. I'll text exactly. you on my new cell phone. But th- this it's it's fun to watch. This is kind of the shot in the arm. I think Toronto sports needed. Yes, you have the the Raptors still in the playoffs, and of course the Leafs are out, but. It will be fun. This is where you're a true Blue Jay fan. And I remember in the early 80s when I was really into baseball and I got to see all these young guys grow up and they finally brought mm-hmm. you that that pennant uh, in, in 1985. And I'm hoping there's young ball fans watching this. And this is the start of something big over the next number of years with Sogard, Jansen. Um, you, you got a great pitching staff, uh, or a decent one with a couple of guys right now. This is, the, this is the fun time. This is a true baseball fan's dream right now. We've got to go to a break in yeah. a second. But you want to know something? There may not be right now. The Leafs have Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Morgan Riley, Nylander, uh, Tavares, uh, Nylander, Freddie Anderson. Um, the Raptors Lowry have well, they have Lowry Kawhi and they've got Kawhi Leonard. The Jays now have Vlad Guerrero Jr. I don't know that there has been a time. You would have to go back and look and think: Has there been a time when? All three major Toronto sports franchises have all had an enormous superstar on their team, and I don't know that you can find well, that. And, and you're, you're really narrowing it down because the Jays have only been around for 40 years. If you're just talking about the three major ones, well, the Raptors only 25 years. But if you're uh, talking about, you know, if you, yeah. I don't know that we've had a moment where all three teams have a have one of the best players yeah, or highest regarded highest. Who was around with the with the uh, the Leafs and the the Jays when Carter Vince Carter? Carter was around. You know, that would be well, the, those the Leafs, hype. Those Leafs teams had were nothing. Matt Sundin. 
Gilmore. Gilmore, yeah. But Clark but, was on the outs. He was getting. But a the Raptors were just starting. They then, were just starting, and they had nobody that was a superstar. Damon Stoudemire was your biggest star. Yeah. No, this this is Oliver uh, Miller, the Big O. It's it's a unique time to be a to be a sports fan in Toronto, and it really still is. A, and we yet we still accept mediocrity and uh, and losing. So you uh-huh. know that's that's what we do here in Southern Ontario. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.